hello and welcome back to another Buffy podcast. I'm Trevor. And I'm Kristen. And we're going to geek out about Buffy. (laughs) Today's episode is season one, episode five, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. The oh so classic. There's a there's a there's a lot of uh classic one classic one liners in this. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna. It's such. It's so weird because it's like it's sort of a nothing episode that yeah. doesn't go anywhere in the future, and yet yeah. we have like if the apocalypse comes, beat me is in this right. episode, and it's just like <laughs> which that's is one like of one of the most the iconic most lines. famous things. So it is very funny that because that tends to happen kind of a lot. There's like a handful of things that are like my favorite thing that's in an episode or like in the series and it's in an episode that I would normally skip. But I'm like, yeah. oh, but the cool thing <laughs> There's is in that there. one scene. <laughs> this this episode also actually because I'm in the middle of rewatching as I mentioned before, I'm like rewatching at three different points here yeah. <laughs> in season two for the art and then like season five for my normal rewatch. But this this episode vibes a lot with the the energy of season two. Like it yeah. felt like I had to double check. I was like, wait, am I watching the right episode? Because it does have a lot of the elements that season two has. Yeah, I think it's I think what part of it is, is that Willow, Xander and Giles are all directly involved in the action of this yeah episode and it's like it's sort of the first in a classic run of like Giles gets taken hostage or like Giles gets knocked (laughs) out and Giles is in peril and Buffy has to save him kind of things and this is sort of when they start having to like talk in code around civilians and stuff and because Xander the other one that's in this one is so Buffy had this lane go last night Xander I mean how'd the lane go no I don't mean that either and she's (laughs) like are you kidding me that was one of my first notes. I was like, this joke 20 years later still yeah. cracks me so up every good. time. So I meant, funny. how was the laying? Wait, no, I didn't mean that. Because <laughs> it's like, that's somehow worse. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I think he does it at some, I think it's in the season two premiere. One of them is like, oh no, it's Cordelia asks, like, how was the slaying or whatever? And she's, they're just like, Oh, yes, the slaying of our own personal demons went, yeah. <laughs> went great over the summer. <laughs> but Cordelia, unlike Xander, is just like, no. No, the are you, do you guys the hit monsters. your heads? <laughs> I mean, the monsters, you idiots. It's amazing. I do, I it's do so love great. those moments where they like, you know, and and it, you know, n- none of the other, none of the Sunnydale people ever are like, what are you talking about? No one is ever right. making eyes at them in the background, like, uh, something's up because everybody just knows apparently. <laughs> Right. And it's like not an issue. Which they kind of reveal later too, which is also a great episode. But they also stop worrying about like yeah. mm-hmm. saying things out loud eventually. That's true. Um, But yeah, this so to the uninitiated, this episode is about Buffy uh, interested in a boy. Yeah. And- he he likes uh, he likes literature. He likes and Emily so Buff- Dickinson only. <laughs> yes. oh, that is it. <laughs> I also it's like the introduction of Buffy's like worst impulses regarding men because he's just like a big hulking dummy, but yeah. not in like a fun himbo way. He just is like a big a big dude. And it's just like, especially there's a scene where you see him standing next to Angel and you're just like, ugh, is this what we have to look forward to from now until forever? (laughs) 
It's just like or Spike. It's just so tall and like square Nothing. and blocky, and it's just so boring. He's very vanilla. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the guys that she's into are very vanilla, except for yeah, Captain Peroxide. Yep, that's right. Um, but uh, yeah, he he's not anything special, but he is kind of like this, um. Conduit is that the is that the term I'm looking for? Where it it's it's like you said, it's this type of person that she yeah. seeks out, and then uh, she ba- basically it sets that that pace, yeah, um, for like what her whole goal is, like trying sure. to balance the regular life and the Slayer life, and we're so he's not sh- yeah. necessarily anybody interesting. It's like here is a here's something to like tell the story, but we're not going to yeah. keep them around. She also has like hardcore daddy issues, so it doesn't. Mm. It makes sense that she would gravitate to these tall, hulking men who could, yeah. like, you know, metaphorically take care of her. Yeah. It's pretty, it's like we don't, we're not like super into that point yet. We know there that, you know, Joyce and her father are divorced, but we haven't met him yet. And so we haven't like seen anything about that. But it is like, yeah. There's there's yeah. some daddy issues for sure. She for she is sure. she gravitates towards a type of man because she believes it's what she's supposed to need and want and it just like takes her so long to unlearn that which is right like sort of annoying to watch but yeah he just sort of for me owen is just like a cipher for this this normality that she's looking for where she's like well if i can make it through a date with this normal boy then i'm not irrevocably messed up and right. it's like she can't, but she's not messed up. But that's like the equation that's going on in her mind. Right. Well, and she also even says when she's dancing with him at the bar club, um, she says, Are you uh, having fun? Yeah. I almost feel like a girl. And it's like she's seeking someone who is boring yeah. and normal because being with them, if she can successfully be with them, then she can escape this chosenhood of hers. Yeah, it can like validate her. You know, it it can validate the things she's trying to do to Giles, where she's like, see, I can do it. You don't have to, like, keep pushing me. But it's like at every turn that she tries to do that, it does not work out. And so it's like she has no proof to validate her feelings (laughs) to Giles ever. Yes. Something always explodes when she's trying to go on a date. She's all, damn it. Yeah. And speaking of Giles, this is actually one of this is one of the pivotal um episodic story arcs of Giles where he kind of transitions into that father figure yeah. for her because mm-hmm. in the beginning he's very much watcher it's funny watching him like pop up behind the cemetery in the beginning yeah. <laughs> or pop up at the tombstone where it's just like he was hiding but he basically starts out like maintaining a normal social life as a slayer it's problematic at best this is the 90s the 1990s in point of fact and I can do both Clark Kent has a job I just want to go on a date. Completely disregarding her her emotions and her feelings and what she wants. And then at the end, when she breaks up with Owen... I was ten years old when my father told me I was destined to be a watcher. He was one, and his uh, mother before him, and I was to be next. You thrilled beyond all measure. Now, I had very definite plans about my future. I was going to be a fighter pilot. Or possibly a grocer. Uh, my father... Gave me a very tiresome speech about uh, responsibility and sacrifice. Sacrifice, huh? It seems like a nice lap. 
and he's like super sweet and sensitive yeah, and I like agree. relates to her and you're like oh my god you made that turn i love that little speech that he gives her because he's like my father was a watcher just as and his mother was one too and I, so i was like you know nine years old when i got sat down and told it was what i was gonna do too and she was like you didn't mean you didn't want to do this and he goes no i was gonna be a fighter pilot or a yeah. grocer <laughs> and i'm just like what what a dichotomous like answer from giles just like two of the most radically different things you can imagine yes. this man doing in his life it is one of my favorite just sort of because it's totally no 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 bones are made about it nothing it never comes up again but just fighter pilot or a grocer love it right just definitely which is also within the realm of what buffy wants too where it's like she wants the uh, she doesn't necessarily want to not do anything yeah she just, just wants to have exactly yeah. so it's like i want to do something exciting like fly a pilot or something so mundane and normal like yeah. being a grocer which was super relatable for him and buffy and yeah i definitely. really love that moment that, i do love those moments where it's like because they, not too many of them come up but it's like there's a handful of moments throughout the series where you as the viewer and also Buffy sort of realize that Giles was roped into this too. Like he takes it very seriously and he enjoys it now that he's in it, but it is not what he wanted. It right. he, he wouldn't have chosen to do it if he could have chosen something else. And I do like those moments because you're right. They do mirror each other in that way. It's just that Giles has accepted it on a level that it takes Buffy a really long time to get to. Right. Which, I, although Giles has had that time, so that's, you know, she's 16 still. She's very right. young. <laughs> and she eventually gets there. She does, you know, yeah, she does. In the story, which is great. Probably faster than, than Giles did, given yeah. what we know about his youth. Yes, his very problematic yeah. youth. Which is also funny when that all starts to unravel. It's like, oh, you're trying to prevent her from going down your path. Yeah, exactly. Which is um, funny. And then also there's, if it wouldn't be another Buffy podcast, we didn't talk about <laughs> Xander's jealousy of Buffy. Okay. I, so we're going to get to a point where I'm going to feel like I'm I'm kicking a dead horse. Um, <laughs> but it is, this one is not so terrible because it's like, we haven't really entered into the angel stuff yet. So it's like, he doesn't, he's jealous of angel cause he's handsome and he's older right. and stuff. But Owen is a boy that they all go to school with. So they like know Owen. And so it is a more immediate threat. And so I, I can understand how he's like, what's all this? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> You're like actually doing this. Like we were, yeah. it was big talk, but I didn't think you were going to go through with it. Right. And so I can sort of get that. And I do, I do actually really appreciate the moment where he and Willow come to interrupt the date at the bronze. And they both are like, they're doing that thing. And we're like, we're on a date also. And Willow yes. again immediately is like, Oh yeah. Since this afternoon, oh, yes. <laughs> and it's just, I do love when they commit to the bits like that. It is yeah. very funny, but yeah, I mean, Xander's jealous. What, she doesn't like to dance? Well, it's a little too late to do anything about that. Uh, you should probably know that Buffy doesn't like to be kissed. Actually, she doesn't even like to be touched. Xander. As a matter of fact, don't even look at her. It's kind of gross. I don't have anything new to say about it in this episode. Yeah, we promise it won't, we won't always rag on Xander because we do love Xander. Mm -hmm. He brings a lot of comedy and heart to the show. Yeah. Season one is especially difficult for him because he is head over heels in love with Buffy. And so they do. Up until the yeah, they do ease back on that. Yeah. A lot in season two. And that's yeah. that's another thing for me that like makes these early episodes more frustrating to me right now in time is because Will and I were just 
watching season one of Dawson's Creek, and it was Will's first time ever seeing it. And oh. I I remember it from back in the day, and I've seen it so many times. I used to organize my college class schedule around the reruns on TBS, so I've seen yes. Dawson's Creek a lot. <laughs> but he was like having such a hard time with it because it's organized a lot like this first season of Buffy is, where it's like every single episode is an episode that you could jump into. You don't and not have to have seen it from the beginning and you could be fine to like understand what's going on. And but it does get very frustrating when you're the characters are doing the same things over and over and over again. And you're like, oh, my God, we've had this conversation like 14 times. Like he he got mad because it's like the Joey and Dawson stuff in season one. And it's like Joey by the finale has told Dawson to his face, it, not in so many words, but to his face has basically been like, I'm in love with you. And right. and it's like at the end, they still treat it like a reveal. And he's the whole time like, what do you mean Joey's feelings about me? I don't know what you're talking about. And you're like, <laughs> to your face. She said it so many times. And so right. the Xander stuff does come across like that a little bit throughout season one, because it's like they're reestablishing it in every episode, which I don't think they would do today because most TV shows are so much more serialized from the jump. Mm-hmm. But as like a modern TV viewer watching this through a more critical eye this time, I am like, okay, it's, I feel like I'm, like I said, beating the dead horse. It's just like, I get that you like her. Please stop talking about it. <laughs> like, like you <laughs> must stop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely, they definitely do it way too much this season one. I think, all like we said before, they also just didn't know where they were going. They're like, yeah. I don't know, is this going to be? And I think everybody was like, there's no, no chemistry there's, there, there Well, it's all. not that there's no chemistry. It's not the right kind of chemistry. And it's also, I think it would have been supremely unsatisfying if she just got together with the first boy she met in town. Right. And, and what does that, what are the optics on that with regards to her relationship with Willow, who is in love with Xander? Right. You know, it's just, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, like, it's messy. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like any of that. They were al- always just friends to me. I like never, I, it, it never would have occurred to me that they should be together. Mm-mm. Not ever. Yeah. They, I, they I, don't like, mesh well. There's more, there's more like hot chemistry between her and Giles than there is with her and Xander. So it's just like. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes problematic. Yeah. Stacy, my wife thought uh, she, when we were watching, she's like, this isn't going anywhere. No. Right. And I was like, no, I don't. Because I never saw that. I always saw him as like a father figure, mostly because I just put myself of, in yeah, of her course, shoes. Yeah. But but there's a couple moments, especially early on, where they have like really intense scenes and like eye contact together. And it's like, I can see how someone could see that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, even like what we talked about in the first episode when he like leaned over her back with his yeah. arms around her and you're like, yeah. uh, this is <laughs> not right. The energy that you're bringing to this situation is yeah. more intense than it needs <laughs> to be. Did someone tell you this was a different scene? <laughs> um, also, Xander, I wrote Xander peeking at Buffy getting dressed, but, you know, yeah, it's more Xander being creepy. It's, I uh, mean, it's not, I would say it's not like the worst thing he ever does. It's definitely sketchy, but it's also, I believe that a lot of teenage boys with friends that are girls have done a similar thing i'm not condoning it but it's also like it's certainly not the xander's harshest crime and they also they still do it in tv today yeah 100 they still do like turn away and they're like trying to look in a mirror or something for sure it's just that joke like ha 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 (laughs) 
This is funny. Oh, man. Uh, 23 years ago was a wild time. So wild. <laughs> and then we, we had another doorknob break. Another oh, Buffy yeah. crushes the doorknob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get into <laughs> totally. the funeral home, right? Yeah. Because we I was saying, I, I don't remember her doing that a lot throughout the series. So I wanted to, I'm yeah. trying to catch every time she does it. I think it. it's mostly a season one thing. I think she doesn't keep yeah. breaking doorknobs, but... That the the funeral home struck me as weird because it also seemed to be a crematorium and a like place like what is it called a columbarium where you like store ashes like people go to visit yeah. that was like a really all in one service that this <laughs> building very was big. providing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It reminded me of the this is a this might be a lost reference, but uh, it reminded me of Resident Evil Two video game where it's like you go into this police station and then it's just this giant <laughs> ma- it's like it is just the size of five mansions. Yeah. I'm like, what police station is like this? <laughs> did, okay, did you ever watch all... the show Lucifer? No. It was on Fox and then it went to Netflix, but it's like the the one character is a cop and they and it's in Los Angeles. And I, like, know that some things are nicer in Los Angeles, but they, like, went into this uh, police station and it looked like an art museum. (laughs) It was, like, (laughs) so huge and open and there was, like, glass and chrome everywhere. And I was like, does Elon Musk own this police station? What's happening? Where are we? It's, like, really cool to look at, obviously, but it's, like, very unrealistic. Yeah. Police stations should look like Brooklyn Nine Nine, essentially. I agree. I, Brooklyn Nine Nine, SVU, those are those are what police stations should look like, and those are probably still like a hundred times nicer than police stations actually are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's not a, there's not a lot in this episode. It's mostly just Buffy wants to go on a date. She can't. Yeah. Because the apocalypse is coming, mm-hmm. and then the reveal of who the anointed one is at the end. Oh God. Um. <laughs> We're we're stuck with him for so many episodes. We are, but we he has the the final payoff of him in season yeah, two. Is yeah, so yeah, great. yeah. I'm I do so like that. That is very satisfying, it. but it also just is like this sort of boring child who. Yeah. No offense to the actual human person, but is like as a child not great at acting, especially being given the directive to like act like an ancient being is very it's like you're not great at that very few little kids are and i will call out actually millie bobby brown is really good at that because she was in a show before um stranger things called intruders and she basically has the spirit of like an like a hundred year old pedophile in her oh my god it is wild and it's so (sighs) interesting and she is so good that when stranger things came out i was like i know her i was like she's so good this is gonna be amazing it's very it's super creepy but it's very very interesting it's a show or a movie it was a show it was it ended up sort of acting like a limited series because it didn't get picked up but it was on bbc i think i'll have to check that out yeah it's her and the guy who plays the master on doctor who and mira sorvino oh my god those are the people that i like know you just listed a cast yeah it's really good it was will and i were like made for me (laughs) yeah will and i were obsessed with it and then it got canceled and we were so bummed oh man i gotta check that out yeah it was super good but uh yeah this kid just stares blankly i mean obviously in in, in this episode you just see one it's just a reveal that he's he's the anointed one but he just doesn't uh, end up being very menacing 
Yeah, he. I for the longest time, even now, I I've just always felt like he's just a kid. Mm-hmm. Like his whole purpose was to lead Buffy, which I don't want to spoil it for yeah. anybody who hasn't who's watching along with us. But like he has one sole purpose, it seems, and it's like really that feels like any but literally anybody literally could have done anybody that. could have done that. <laughs> like it doesn't need it. And then his whole his role in season two. Uh, which isn't a huge spoiler that he continues, but it's just nothing. Yeah. It's just really nothing. And uh, I I wish it would have gone into a direction at yeah. all mm-hmm. or just not existed. Like it being there, you're just like, oh, I feel like this should be something. Yeah. I just like I f- there should be a little more gravitas to it. And it just doesn't like I, I get that the whole deal is like it has to be a kid. So it's like unsuspecting or whatever. But at the same time, it's like. I, you could have done something slightly better, right? To to make it as sort of scary as as you're trying to make it, you know. And it just doesn't ever really. I don't think it ever really reaches what they wanted it to reach, which right? Because you're right, it just is. You're like, oh, the kid's back. <laughs> it's like, you, yeah, it, it never comes across that he's like an ancient, you know, messenger or whatever. Well, and and, and you can never really put your finger on whether or not he quote-unquote outranks the master or if he's another minion of the master right. at which point it's like what's the point then like- yeah what's actually happening yeah the logistics of the villainy in season one are a little dicey because it's like we yeah. do get a little more it's sort of like her powers in that way where it's like what are you actually capable of right like what can what can we expect going forward and it is sort of a crapshoot in season one and then we do get obviously more cohesiveness with her powers and the like authority rankings of the villains as we move forward right that stuff is that stuff is nicer one thing i do love about this episode is cordelia because (laughs) she and buffy have such a interesting relationship especially in the early going because she liked buffy at first and then buffy was weird and she was like oh never mind i can't i can't associate with this it's gonna ruin my reputation so I like it that Owen likes Buffy and Cordelia likes Owen, but only because he's hot. Right. At least at least Buffy is like, it's very charming and interesting that you're into Emily Dickinson. I like that about you. But for Cordelia, it's just that Owen's hot and she doesn't care about anything else. And so when she makes Buffy drop her lunch tray. Yes. Look, an empty seat. Let me get that. Thanks. And then... Boy, Cordelia's hips are wider than I thought. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of her better comebacks, in my opinion. And it's yes. it's delivered so unironically. She just is like... Like, it doesn't even sound like she's being mean. Right. <laughs> it's a mean thing to say, but it sounds like she's just remarking on the weather. Right. I love that. And then there's a scene at the bronze later and... Cordelia comes up to them while they're dancing, Owen and Buffy while they're dancing. Owen, look at you here, all alone. Cordelia, I'm here with Buffy. Oh, okay. You want to dance? No, I'm still here with Buffy. (laughs) And 
so she gets rejected by Owen, which is funny enough. But then she sees Angel come into the bronze to like find Buffy. And she like tries to go up to him and he immediately approaches Buffy. And Cordelia is like, what is happening to me? (laughs) Why? Why is this happening to me? It is. Yes. Some of Charisma Carpenter's best early work on this. Yes. On her run as Cordelia. She just is like, it's like she's never experienced it before. Yeah. Which I find so hilarious, especially in this specific context, because neither one of them really wants Owen. Owen sort of sucks. Yeah. Owen's boring. He he likes Emily Dickinson and he wants to go out like and almost die every yeah, time like he's an every adrenaline night with junkie. Buffy. <laughs> so he's sort of well, it's like it's like half adrenaline junkie and half like, you know, sad Victorian lady like Emily Dickinson, where it's like, oh death, you know? And yeah, it's yeah. just it's a very it's a very weird combination to be in such a like tall blonde hunk's body. Yeah. It's very weird. And so it's like what would either of them do if they actually dated him? It wouldn't work out. Well, and they they showed a a a bit of it because after Cordelia left, uh, them like trying to take him away from Buffy. They you come to them on the stairs and they're just standing there awkwardly and they have no idea what to say yeah. to each other. And he's like, yeah. "You want me to get you a drink?" And you're like, "Oh, this doesn't work. You guys, yeah, no, can't talk it about anything. It doesn't work at all. <laughs> they don't have anything in common. And even after he sort of finds out, he doesn't even really find out. But he's like, "Can we do that again tomorrow night?" It's just like, well, that's a gross reason to be in a relationship. Right. And it's like you still don't really have anything in common. You're just sort of. You wanna you wanna use her for the experience that you had the night before, and that's not a good way to start a relationship. No. So at least he was open about it. <laughs> that's true. He did he did like lay it lay all his cards on the table immediately, yeah. which is you know more respectful than most of her bows. Right. If we're being honest. <laughs> Very true. And that that moment when she when Angel like basically ignores her and goes over to Buffy is one of my favorite yeah. gags ever because she's all so good. Well, if I can't have him, I'm gonna what the hell? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, that they're they're their friction for the rest of the next three seasons is some of my favorite stuff too. Me too. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, this is a pretty simple, pretty simple episode. Yeah. I do like the stuff in the funeral home, uh, slash morgue also, because there's all the, like the cold storage yeah. and uh, this is like really weird building. I don't really understand. <laughs> But I do I do like all that stuff. I I enjoy when this is going to sound weird. I like enjoy when Giles is in peril, yeah. but only because it usually leads to like hijinks. Yes, it's usually which funny. Which I think are fun. Except, yeah, it's except for that funny. one time. <laughs> except for that one time and then it's pretty terrible. Yes. But I do I just generally he's like sort of being like a British flippity gibbet, but he's also like still trying to be very regimented and he's like, we'll do this and then do this. And he's like, and I'll just stay here and die. And it's just (laughs) very silly. He's, he's great. His comedic time, him and um, Alison Hannigan just really nail comedic timing in this show. They really do. And I think it's, what's fun to me is they all sort of have a different style of humor. The like four of them, because Xander is really he's got like a really dry, sarcastic humor. Yeah. And that actually, like we were talking about in the last episode, once we get them to the point and like we said, it's not really till the comics, but like he and Spike are able to play off each other 
eventually and oh, like yeah. actually i mean they do it still sort of during the series but they they play off each other in such a fun way because they are actually more similar than they're not yeah and it just they never really realize that but it does so it's like all these different styles of humor that actually all mesh really well and, yeah. and play off each other really well i really and that sort of stuff starts to come up in these episodes especially when they're all having talk and code about things oh yeah i really i like that a lot actually yeah and, and xander and spike they do a really great thing where they have great comedic chemistry in the show show and then yeah. they have great comedic chemistry in the comics but their comedic chemistry yeah. in the comics is different because of their relationship and it still works mm-hmm. really well it's so good it really does yeah i agree um but yeah we're just like always gonna dive into spoilers <laughs> we really are we're, i feel like we're keeping it relatively vague yeah. we're not saying like you know you you know obviously that these people you know still are in the thing but i i we're not saying anything about specifically what plot wise is happening in those moments right even though i really want to talk about why they're friends <laughs> I really want to talk about it. I really want to talk about some very specific cells from the comics. Yes. I want to like put them up somewhere and be like, this is what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> this particular thing. Yes. We'll have to do some video podcasts where we start talking about the comics. We'll be like, look here yeah. and look here. It's so much great stuff in there. Um, well, yeah, I think that's that's everything that happened in this episode, right? Yeah, um, pretty close. Yeah, that's all my notes. Um, and then we're on to the second half of, there's 12 episodes, so next episode's like the uh, end of Yeah, the f- are there 12 or are there 13? 13. I, I always I think, think there's, there's 13. Tw- oh, there's 12. There's 12. Prophecy Girls episode 12. 12. okay. So, okay, okay. So the next episode is the end of the first half of season one. <laughs> yeah, it's the pack, right? The pack, yeah. Yeah. Whew, exciting times. There's, We've got a lot to talk oh, about man, that's gonna next be, week. That's going to be a fucking <laughs> episode. <laughs> Oh, oh no! God. You and I have talked in, at length about that Extensively. episode. Extensively, yeah. <laughs> so much, so much to be, unpack. It, yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Look at you! Look at the puns. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. I'm excited to talk about that. Me too. Um, thank you to everyone for listening. You can yes. follow us over on Twitter. I'm Trevor. I'm at Trevor Carley. And I am uh, with my other podcast at So I'm Watching. And personally, I am at FiddleDD85. And uh, yeah. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Yay. Later. Bye. Bye.